Hey there! I'm really glad that you've come to check out the KZMC Weekly Teaching. My name is Ryan Yancey and I'm the lead pastor. KZMC gathers together for worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. in person. You can also join us by our live stream available on YouTube. If you're from the area and you're not already connected to a church, we'd love to have you come join us. You can find the full details at kzmc.ca. It's my hope and it's my prayer that God will speak to you through this teaching. May you have a marvelous day. Good morning, everyone. It's really nice to see all of your shiny, smiling faces. See your eyes smiling. I love the contrast of when, when we departed from here on Friday. It was dark and we were quiet. And now we enter and there's beautiful color all around us. And it just, ah, it helps when Easter Sunday is a super, super sunny morning as well. And uh, it's going to be a warmer day than we've had in a number as well, which I'm quite excited about. I want to extend a warm welcome to all of you joining us by live stream this morning. We're really happy to have you join us as well. And uh, a special thanks to uh, those of you who volunteered that hope to be here, but volunteered to be at home. Um, ah, it's just it's frustrating for us all that we're going to be uh, gathering at 15% capacity for the next few weeks. And uh, that's something I never thought I'd have to do or never want to do again is having to call around and see who's willing to stay at home on, uh, on Easter Sunday. So yeah, thanks to those of you who were able to do that. And uh, stay tuned for the next number of weeks in terms of uh, our, our conversation was focused very much in terms of how we were going to do Easter weekend and get a sense for how this works. And then we'll be making decisions this week for what worship will be looking like, like in, the, in the weeks to come. Um, but in, in the midst of the frustration and discouragement of all that, we celebrate that same message, that same truth that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is restoring all things, and, and that's, our, that's our focus. That's what our life is founded upon. Uh, this is our, our future. We have much to be thankful for. Jesus is alive. A number of announcements before I proceed. The first one is just uh, perhaps it goes without saying, but but just to be certain that the, the church facility will be closed throughout the duration of this, this lockdown with the exception of by Peaceful Waters. Uh, clients meeting with Diane. I'll be working out of the, the office here. Um, Taylor will be coming and going for various pieces. But uh, So everything else will go back online for the next number of, uh, of weeks. And the, the one exception to that is our Sunday morning prayer group. They will be continuing to meet. Um, that's a, a critical part of our Sunday morning worship which uh, allows for 15% capacity in, in any room. So anyway, that's going to continue, and of course, preparation for worship gatherings, so that you know that. Um, also want to let you know that the Impactus, uh, so Impactus is the new name for Promise Keepers, their workshop that was coming up, that was going to be a live stream, and folks were going to be gathering here to watch that together, so that's going to shift to entirely online. Uh, you will need to register. The registration is a link is in the in the weekend reminder email so you'll need to register now and the only reason for that really is so that they can get the information packet to you if you have questions about that please contact glenn gosho and he can can assist you with that if uh if need be um i don't believe there's anything else that we need to draw attention to this morning a couple of thank yous um it's in it, you know it's been a huge blessing over the past year now um or I guess since at least September, 
and we're reminded of it now when even more folks are having to remain at home. But if you get the chance, just say thanks to Taylor for the hard work that he's been doing with the, with the live stream. They've been doing a, a great job. And uh, so especially those of you that are at home, just, I don't know, shoot him a message or, or whatever. Just make sure we uh, extend thanks. He's been here uh, week in and week out taking care of that for us. As well, this morning we're going to be enjoying some Easter treats. As we, uh, those who are here in person as we, as we head out, when you receive that treat, you will know who to give your thanks to. Um, so I won't give away the secret. I don't know, maybe it's not a secret, but you'll know who to give thanks to, to uh, a wonderful lady in our midst and her daughter. So please uh, do that as well. And oh, and also uh, uh, thanks to the Steckley family for uh, sharing with us some of, their, some of their flowers as well. It just adds a really nice kind of bright, yeah, a bright flavor to what we're up to this morning. So big thanks to you all. Now I come to you with, with our message this morning. Uh, I... Full, full honesty, just be straight up. I'm not as well prepared this morning as I wish I was. <laughs> um, it's been a very, very busy week. I had the honor of of, uh, of leading Ab Herb's funeral, and we had a marvelous time remembering him on uh, on Thursday there, and then getting ready for Good Friday, and then the restrictions and some of the logistics around that. And uh, so I was a lot of my I had been working on it and thinking things through, but a lot of it was going to happen last night and first thing this morning, which. Isn't, isn't the end of the world, that's, that's fine. However, last night we were out for a, a family walk down to the lake to uh, just, yeah, it was beautiful, so we thought we'd enjoy that together, and we decided to have a family race. And uh, so we were racing, and all of us and I was winning the race, and my days of winning family races are limited. It's only a couple of years before a few of the little rascals will be faster than I am, so I decided to gloat a little bit. So I was kind of, I was cheering, doing one of these, and I turned around to face them as I was running, to run backwards, and I was gloating, and I hit the pavement hard. I learned two lessons. Uh, it is 100% true that uh, pride comes before the fall. I learned that in a very literal way. And uh, the other piece, what was the other piece? I might be having concussing effects. Gravity's not my friend. Yeah, anyway, pride, pride comes before the, before the fall. Um, so anyway, just, just to, it, it'll, be, it'll be fine, but I'm not as well prepared because then last night I had a, a pretty good uh, headache in this morning as well. I got Tylenol in me, and uh, also if, if, uh, if there's a chance that as I'm going and I'm just not doing great, I may step out and then we'll jump into either more music or a sharing of prayer time. So I'm, I'm not feeling awesome, but I, I've got Tylenol on me and I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Hopefully I don't have concussion stuff. Uh, I've never hit my head that hard in my, in my life on the pavement, so... We'll be all right. You learn as you learn as you go. <laughs> Going to turn. Uh, invite you to turn with me if you have your Bibles to Rome, uh, Romans, Romans chapter six, and we'll start at verse one. Romans chapter six, starting at verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I want you to pick up on that. We too, every one of you, we too, we may live a new life because of what Jesus did. Verse 5, for if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's the second point I really want to key on here. We also will be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again, because death no longer has mastery over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin will no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace." A wonderful glimpse that we have there into the actual, the way that the resurrection makes a difference in our lives today, also in the future, but today. Like, it it makes a difference. We are dead to sin. It's not the days of April that I love the most in uh, in in the calendar. I always get excited when spring comes, but they're not the days that I look forward to the most. The days I look forward to most are the month of July. The month of July, we got raspberries in the garden. It's warm at night. You get some camping in. You can swim down at the lake. Like, I I just love July. It's like my favorite, favorite month. That warmth that we missed so badly in, uh, in January and February, it arrives in July. But here we are in spring, and I quite enjoy spring also. I enjoy the, uh, you know, we're always looking for the first robin. I enjoy seeing the, the flowers start to bud in our, in our flower beds. I enjoy, you know, after that one of the first spring rains and you can just kind of that warm sort of earthy smell. You know that smell? Like, I love that smell. And there's always excitement in our house to find the first dandelion because when we see the first dandelion, it means that the kids can run outside with bare feet. They seem to have stretched that quite a bit this year. Somebody somewhere found a dandelion. I don't know. I haven't seen any since that first one was found. I think they just preserved one from last year somehow. Anyway, we look forward to that dandelion. And, and so we love spring. It's exciting. But it's because it's, we're beginning to see what's to come, right? Like we're beginning to see those first signs of life. We know what we're progressing toward, that being our gardens full on those warm summer nights when you can sit by the lake and it's that warm breeze coming in. That's what we're looking forward to. We are seeing those signs of new life emerge. 
And so this morning, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And as we do that, we are seeing signs, we are seeing foreshadows pointing forward of Jesus' resurrection life breaking into life in the here and now. I have not yet fully experienced the power of the resurrection of Jesus. We, uh, you know, the funeral for Ab Herb on uh, Thursday was a great occasion to do that. It actually felt like a really nice introduction into Easter weekend and that we dwelled on the resurrection on Thursday before then turning our eyes to the cross on Friday. But Ab is experiencing that resurrection life of Christ. So he has not yet received his body that will come on the last day when Jesus returns. I don't know all the details about that, but I don't believe that Ab has received his resurrection body yet, but he has received new life in part. He's experiencing the resurrection power of Jesus to a greater extent than I have yet at this point. And yet, we have the opportunity, we do see the resurrection power of Jesus at work around us, pointing to what's going to happen more fully to come. Does that make sense? Like, there's, the day's going to come, we're like, ah, like I, I get it, I see it, this is what it's all about. And now we have this promise, and we see glimpses, and we see glimmers that point forward to it in the same way that the month of April points forward to the month of July. A little later this morning, we're going to be singing the song Resurrecting. It's a bit of a new song for us. I know we've sung it around here a a number of times now. And one of the lines in that song that I really, really appreciate, it's really resonated with me. So the song says, By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. And then it says, The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In the next line, in your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. And it points to this reality that we have the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate. And now he's in this process of resurrecting us, of raising us up into new life. And I am asking you this morning to believe that that is true. I'm asking you to celebrate that. I'm asking you to hold fast to that promise and truly trust that the resurrection power of Jesus is available to you now and that God wants to pour that resurrecting life in you. He wants to be in the process. He wants you to open yourself up to this process of him making you new. And I don't want you to believe it in some sort of ideological sort of broad way of, well, of course that's true. Because I think that most of us would nod our heads to that. Well, of course that's true. I'm actually asking you to believe it in a very particular, a very specific way of anticipation. I want you to believe that in the coming year, that God has some significant resurrection work that he wants to do in your life And by opening up yourself to it, you're going to experience that resurrection power. So not just in a general sort of, oh yeah, of course Jesus wants to resurrect me. I want you to believe that God has specific work in you that a year from now you'll look back and you'll be like, God has done some significant work of resurrecting me, of restoring me to life, of bringing new life more fully in me. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, Paul says, he's praying for the church, he's praying that they would know the power of God in them. 
And in reference to this power of God, he, he continues to pray. He says, that power is the same as the mighty strength that God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. So he's praying that they would know the power of God, the very same power that raised Christ from the dead. It wasn't like there was this extraordinary power over here that God used in this instance, and then we get a little bit of power over here. The same power. The very same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. He's making available to you, and it's his desire that you would know that you would experience that power. And I don't think, you know, for us, I don't know, what's the most powerful thing I've ever seen? I don't know. Maybe you've been to, maybe you're into tractor pulls. The incredible power on display as they pull away. Maybe you can think of other instances where you see incredible power. I, I know when we lived out in BC, we would see these tugboats going down the Fraser River. And these would be tiny tugboats. Like they'd be, I don't know, 25 feet in length. And then they'd be pulling this massive barge of hundreds of cedar trees. That'd be at least six feet in diameter. And uh, yeah, they'd be incredible lengths, these, these trees harvested. And they would bring them to the river, and then they'd tow them down out to the ocean. So these tiny boats pulling these massive barges of, I'm not real great at measurements, but maybe 60 or 70 feet wide and 150 feet long. Like, it was just incredible. The power that those boats had. I don't know if that's the most powerful thing I've seen, but it, I mean, it pales in comparison to raising someone from the dead. It pales in comparison to what God did in the tomb there to raise Jesus to life. And I, actually, I, I love that video, eh? Where the, the first video we watched, we're also need to see this moment of the, the breath of God filling the body of Jesus. Just a beautiful image. That work of power that God did, he is making available to each and every one of you. We are in need of resurrection. We're going to have future bodily resurrection. Someday you're going to get a new body. Been dwelling on this a little bit with the funeral of Ab. Um, Ab's granddaughter, Jen Patterson, shared a marvelous story about how um, Ab, at one point, he lost it. He, he couldn't have his license anymore. And, uh, and so you think of like how sad that would be. Like I imagine it'll be a really sad day when I reach that stage of no longer, you know, Either I can't pass a test or my kids say, you know what, Dad, like, we're taking your keys. That's not going to be fun. That's going to be horrible, right? And it kind of, it'll hit home in terms of like my body is wearing down. It's not operating in the same way. And so Jen told the story of Ab was not too impressed. I guess he, maybe he didn't fail his, or he didn't pass his test, but he didn't have his keys anymore. So he had Jen drive him to um, our, our member of parliament, Ben Lobb's office, and went in there and demanded that they give Ab his license back. And so Jen said, I went in there, and the folks were in the office there, and I said, listen, this is, my grandpa's out in the car, he's watching, this is what he's asked me to do, so I need you to nod your head no, so that he can see, and then I'll go out there, and I will tell him that you said there's no way he can have his license back, but I need your help in this. And so she said they, they did that in a very kind of dramatic way, indicated, no, we cannot give you your keys back, and whatnot, she went back out, she said, oh, sorry, grandpa, and he said, oh, well, I'm not voting for him next time. And it was, it was just a, a humorous story at Ab's, Ab's funeral, but facing this reality that the body was wearing down. The eyes weren't what they once were. And so we hold on to this delightful reality that future bodily resurrection is coming. We're not just going to be spiritual entities floating around. We're going to have a new body. We're going to have a new body. And so while that's true, 
Jesus is doing this resurrection work in us now. I think that Peter, the Apostle Peter, is a great person to look at when we see this resurrecting work of God. Peter was the loud, brash, enthusiastic. He didn't necessarily think things through real well, but he loved Jesus. His heart was in the right place. He was kind of in that inner circle of of Peter, James, and John, and they were with Jesus at the transfiguration. They saw the power of Jesus more clearly than than anyone else. Um, He was keen. He was ready to go. He was the first one of all the disciples to say, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, which was huge for them to recognize. This guy isn't just a teacher. He's actually the anointed one sent by God. He was a good dude with a good heart. But Peter got tripped up by sin. And as we celebrated the Good Friday service, we heard the rooster crow where Peter was confronted with his own cowardice. He journeyed with Jesus up to this point and, and Jesus is, is, has been arrested and he's kind of going through the whole process of trial and scourging and whatnot. And, and Peter turned his back on Jesus at that point three times when he was asked. He said, I never knew the man. Could you imagine like one of your closest friends? The one you'd place your trust in? He's like, didn't know him. And Peter wept. When he heard that crow, that rooster crow, just like Jesus had promised, and it sank in of, look what I've done. He wept bitterly, sobbing heavy, heavy sobs. He knew that in his fear, there was spiritual death that was taking place within his heart and within his soul in those events as his dear friend journeyed toward physical death. And so then Jesus rose from the dead and, and Peter was involved in those, those instances of, of encountering Jesus and, and the excitement about that. And the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples, they were all in a boat, they were fishing, and they see Jesus on the shore. And all the other guys, they're, they're just kind of, you know, they're happy to see Jesus, but they're finishing up with, with hauling in their, their catch and, and they're going to paddle in. And, and, and Peter's like, oh man, like, I got to see Jesus. So he he kind of wraps up his clothes and he bails from the boat and he's just swimming. He's just giving her to get in there to see Jesus. He's an enthusiastic fellow. He's so excited to see Jesus again. And then they share in this campfire. They have fish over the campfire. They have breakfast, the text says. Breakfast with Jesus. And I imagine it was a wonderful, warm moment. But I also imagine that for Peter, there's still this like, he knows what he did. He knows that Jesus knows what he did. And I can imagine that. There's just this unsettledness of like, you know, Jesus, he's a good guy and pretty loving. Like, he'll probably love me, but maybe I'm just going to sit on the back shelf now or I, I don't know. I imagine he was quite unsettled and this was in the back of his mind. Is Jesus going to say anything to me? Is, I imagine there was a lot of doubt and a lot of frustration and angst. He had made these steps towards spiritual death What he needed was the resurrection work of God in his life, bringing him back to life. And so following that breakfast, Jesus took Peter aside. And I can imagine them stepping away, maybe 15 feet or so, and 30 feet, whatever, away, so they could talk privately. And I can imagine just the knot in Peter's stomach of like, oh man, like, what's Jesus going to say here? There was this one other time where Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan, get behind me. He's like, good heavens, if you said that to me that time, like, what's coming here? can imagine that nod of being like, you know what, Peter, like, you really failed me there. 
I'm not sure what we're gonna, how we're going to go from here. So anyway, we, we can imagine maybe what Peter was thinking and feeling in the knot in his stomach. And so he steps aside with Jesus, and Jesus looks at him, and he says, Peter, do you love me? Imagine Peter was sort of taken aback, like, why, why would Jesus ask this? Well, I guess I, I mean, I guess I do know. I guess I do know. I mean, he saw what I did. And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. One would think that'd be the end of the conversation or they'd move on to something, something else. But Jesus looked him in the eye once again and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, yes, I love you, Jesus. And Jesus responded saying, take care of my sheep. And then a third time, Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? And I imagine in that moment, Peter winced. That had to have hurt. He knew why Jesus was asking him a third time. This was a repeat of the three times that Peter had denied Jesus. It was a reenactment with a reversal. There's a reason. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus is asking Peter three times, do you love me? Jesus is making a point here. And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Looking Peter straight in the eye with love and compassion. Jesus goes on to talk about Peter's future and completes, follows up with those words, follow me. The very first words he'd extended to Peter earlier on, that first call of follow me. And here, at the end of this conversation, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Follow me. And I think in this interaction, we have a powerful glimpse of the resurrecting power of God at work. Peter goes on. It's, it's only, I didn't do the math here. I'm not great at details like this. Um, it's only a couple days later, maybe a couple weeks later, that Peter preaches about the resurrected Christ to the crowds, and 3,000 people place their faith in Jesus. So going from this place of him face-to-face with Jesus, and this nod and stomach, like, am I going to lose my status as a disciple? Or Jesus once said that he's going to build the church on me. Like, surely that can't be true anymore. And then he preaches the gospel to 3,000 people, or sorry, to many people, and 3,000 Come to faith in Jesus. And then a short time after that, he raises a young lady who's passed away, Tabitha, also known as Dorcas. He raises her back to life. He becomes a central leader in the early church. He writes two of the letters that we have in our scriptures, and eventually he is martyred for his faith. Church tradition tells us, it's not in the Bible, but church tradition tells us he was martyred for his faith. He was killed and he refused to have the honor of being crucified, because they crucified him, of being crucified right side up like Jesus. He said, I cannot have the same honor that Jesus did, so he insisted on being crucified upside down. Peter was an incredible man of faith, and we see that resurrection power of God at work in his life. It's incredible, right? Like he wept bitterly after he denied Jesus. Peter could have gone the other way. He could have faded into nothingness. He'd missed his chance. 
Maybe he believed in Jesus, but kind of kept quiet, hung out at home. But he didn't because the resurrection power of God was at work within him. And I think that this is a story that we need to hear. A story of the resurrected king resurrecting Peter. And that same story can be ours. Our story isn't the same as Peter, but we know. You know how you've struggled. You know the ways in which you've sinned. And I don't know, maybe I say this often, but we all have our stories that we've not told anyone. We have our shame. We have our guilt. And Satan wants to take that and run with it. He wants to put you on the back shelf of, yeah, you believe and you're going to get your resurrection body someday. But that's pretty much it. And I want you to hear the voice of Jesus looking you in the eye the same way he did to Peter. Peter screwed up horribly. And I want you to see Jesus looking at you and saying, feed my sheep. Saying, come, follow me, and leading you on this journey of resurrection taking place in your life this year. Because I believe that that is possible. Peter celebrated this reality in his letter, verse 3 of chapter 1 of 1 Peter. He wrote, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So I'm asking you to lean into this to take hold of this resurrection power in your life. It's possible. It's possible. Put yourself in places. Put yourself in places where you make yourself available to Jesus to shine his light through the cracks in your life and that that light may then scatter the darkness. There's lots of great ways to start with this. The first one is, you know what? Talk to somebody. I've been experiencing the power of talking to people who I'm close to about my pain, about my guilt, about my shame. And it's in those conversations, actually, that we can receive and experience firsthand the forgiving, resurrecting power of Jesus. We hear the words of forgiveness through the people around us, and it's God speaking through them. Satan wants to keep us isolated in our sin, but that's a wonderful first step of allowing that resurrection power Talk with someone you know and trust. And you're probably going to get sick of it. I hope not. I'm going to keep saying, you know what? Like this journey of resurrection life, there's lots of good opportunities. Dive into the book Soul Care with a couple of other people. I was talking with someone again this week who said, you know what? Like I've been working through this book with a friend and it's been so life-giving. We're going to be doing Freedom Session again in the fall. And, and I can't say enough about the space that that is opening up our lives and saying, I want your resurrection power in my life, God. I'm not content just to keep reacting in these ways and feeling these ways and hurting people in these ways, but just putting it out there and letting the resurrection power of Jesus come in. Lots of other ways. Those are just a few to start with. Maybe you could reach out to one of us uh, pastors, to Deb, to Dennis, to myself, to an elder, and just have these conversations. And believing that God can actually make significant changes in your life from now to Easter of 2022. And the reason why I believe this is because I see these things 
taking place in the lives of so many within our church, beyond our church. I see it. There are stories that are hard. There are things that I, I'm deeply concerned about. There, there are instances of, of walking backwards away from Jesus. There's instances of, of, of chaos. But I also see so many ways in which this work is being poured out. And oftentimes these are confidential. They're private stories. So I can't just stand here and tell you all these things, but I, I wish I could. I won't, because that wouldn't be helpful. But there's stories of resurrection happening. In a couple weeks, you're going to hear on a Sunday morning from Frank Struth. You, you've, many of you have seen Frank Struth before. He's the pastor of the Grand Bend Church of God. And you're going to hear an incredible story of God's resurrection power in his life. He was, he was that Peter on the shelf, you could say, after the denial. And this is a story he shares publicly. He will be sharing it. But that Peter on the shelf of, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to get that resurrection life, but just really struggling until he made deliberate, intentional steps to allow that resurrection power in. And that, his story has changed dramatically over the last, I'm not sure exactly, eight or ten years. Incredible, the resurrection work. Um, I, I could name different instances. I'm going I'm to point at Glenn this morning. Next week or the next week, Glenn's going to be in a national, he's being interviewed by Bill Inns. So Promise Keepers is now called Impactus. Bill Inns, one of the directors, is going to be interviewing Glenn on a national Zoom call with Impactus um, men's ministry leaders across Canada. And they're just going to be talking with Glenn because Glenn's doing a great job of encouraging and supporting other men's ministry leaders throughout Huron County, in our church. And they're just like, we see God's resurrection power in you. Could you share with these other guys? Now, I know enough of Glenn's story, and he's been open about, open about his story, to know that if we'd have told you this 20 years ago, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have believed it in terms of where Glenn was at spiritually and different dynamics there. But God has done an incredible work. This resurrection power being poured out and unleashed in meaningful ways. I could tell other stories, but those are just a few And so I invite you to take a moment to pause and to think, who have you seen this resurrection work in? Who in your life have you seen? You're like, man, like, I can definitely see that they've been experiencing this resurrection life. So I'll just give you a moment just to kind of pause and to think, think about that. And now I want you to envision what would it look like for the resurrection power of Jesus to enter more fully into your life in the coming year? What would that look like? And I invite you to decide to believe take intentional steps in the coming year to allow God's resurrection power to be released, to be welcomed, to take hold in your life. And when we do that, we will be, you will be, we will be different people at Easter 2022. 
when we welcome that resurrection power into our lives. So I'm going to conclude just with Peter's words here. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, not a hope to come. We've got that hope to come, but a living hope, something that we're experiencing day to day now, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Thanks be to God.